Welcome to Hive Mind, the weekly podcast from the Beehive about the latest and greatest in pop culture. I'm Meg Walter in studio today with Nick Morley and Eli McCann. Hey, fellas. Good morning. Good morning. How's it going? Good. Really good. 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 Tell me what you've been watching. I have been watching Evil Genius oh, on Netflix. And? It's super good. Haven't really dived into the documentaries on Netflix yet, so decided to expand my horizons. What, what is it? I don't know what that is. So it is about a bank robbery in Erie, Pennsylvania, but it's produced by the the Duplass brothers, if, uh-huh. you, if you've heard of them before. Didn't they do Wild Country? Wild Wild Country? I, not sure, but that's next on my list. Okay. Uh, so I'll I'll keep you posted on that. But he was in Safety Not Guaranteed, that time travel movie with Aubrey Plaza, mm-hmm. and it's just a super creative take on a really weird bank robbery. Uh, so check it out on Netflix. Pizza guy robs a bank, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the question is whether he was the mastermind or someone put him up to it. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm also listening to a podcast that the the Ringer staff did for October. It's called Halloween Unmasked. It's going into the original like horror movie Halloween and everything that went into the making of it and why it's so iconic and been really interesting so far. It's like a series or Yeah, it's a series. Oh, so there wow. are three episodes in. It'll go the whole month of October. Wow. I mean the Ringer and their podcasts. They're nailing it. They just They really are. Great. Yeah. And still, the Harry Potter one that I'm listening to, uh-huh. there are so many episodes of that that I have been binging it for weeks now. Yeah. I haven't even made a dent in it, honestly. But it's gotten so bad that I now hear their voices in my head, like, <laughs> constantly narrating everything that I'm up to. I've started picking up some of their phrases. Like, Hello! My guy. Yeah. My guy. My, my guy, dude. Harry. And that tracks. <laughs> Yeah. Eli, what have you been watching? Oh, were you done, Nick? I'm done. I'm done. Okay. So, Madam Secretary premiered oh, on yeah. Sunday. Isn't that like a very lukewarm? <laughs> Madam Secretary is the most absurd. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> but I eat it up. Like, I don't know why I eat it up so much. Well, I do know why. I love Tia Leone, mm-hmm. my girl. And I love Tim Daly. Is it Daly or Daly? I never know. I don't even know who that is. Oh, you know who it is. Look him up. Okay. You know who that is. And they're together in real life, by the way. Oh. And they are great in everything that they do. Just like really what he was in Wings back in the 90s, and he's done a bunch of movies and things since, since then. <laughs> Sorry, I pulled up a car dealership. I don't think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Tim no. Daly Nissan. Yeah. Funding this podcast. <laughs> so it's a completely ridiculous show, but they're very good in it. And it there's a really good funding for the show. And it just every once in a while, they'll have like stories that feel realistic. But then they will go off into like these cheesy, really dramatic speeches and monologues that I just like. Like West Wing? It's a lot like West Wing. And it's sort of, you watch it and you're sort of like, ah, this is how a government could work if people, (laughs) if the people at the helm were good people, you know, and so there's sort of something cathartic about it. But anyway, what I need to say about this Sunday was it's been talked about quite a lot because Hillary Clinton was in it. Oh. Oh, wow. Colin Powell. And Madeleine Albright. All three of them were in it. And it was the cheesiest, most ridiculous TV scene I have ever seen. I watched it like six times. I just kept rewinding it. (laughs) You need to like, even if you're not watching the show, you need to just go watch this one scene. So like what happens is Madam Secretary Taylor Leone has to give some speech 
and she's really nervous about it because it's about nationalism and how that can become a, a, a weapon and but yeah. patriotism is different and whatever. And she's really worried about the speech coming out well. And so she goes to her office and it's sort of like a surprise. And she says to her assistant, like, are they in there waiting? And she's like, yeah, they're waiting for you. And she opens the door and all three of them are standing there. And it's like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and she's like, thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me. I know you all have important things to do. And Hillary Clinton's like, uh, Miss Madam Secretary, there is nothing more important than this meeting right now. Oh, and no. then they all go and sit down oh. and then they all take turns saying the most like cliche, cheesy things about America and how it's important for us to band together during these troubling times. And they kind of like exchange whatever. And there's this very political kumbaya because Colin Powell's like giving an assist to Hillary Clinton and then Madeleine Albright's like (laughs) nodding passionately. And um, it's like completely ridiculous. And the scene ends with all of them being like, America, America, America. It's like feels like this weird campaign ad. But I ate it up. I watched it six times in a row. I just kept rewinding and I was laughing, but also really impressed that they got these three people to come in and act. One of the most interesting things about political dramas that focus on the executive branch to me is how they find the line between talking about real history and having the show's history. Mm -hmm. And so you have like if you watch House of Cards, for example, when he's walking through the White House, there are pictures of... JFK up on the wall. I think there's at one point you see a picture of Reagan, but they seem to cut the history off there. Like there's no Bush and Clinton and, you know, whatever else. The good wife brought that line up to present day. So Obama was the president as the good wife was going and her husband was running for president against Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. And it was kind of interesting to watch them do that. Madam Secretary has no consistency. The Clintons are people who don't actually exist in the history of Madam Secretary. But then Hillary Clinton is there consulting with her because she's a former Secretary of State. And so it's been fascinating to sort of watch that happen. But anyway, I would recommend it if you just like want something mindlessly stupid about politics. (laughs) You know, I get a lot of that anyway. (laughs) It's just from like existing, (laughs) just from being alive. Uh, Anything else? I watched a couple of bad plane movies and... What was the worst one? Oh, uh, the Melissa McCarthy one. Oh, Life, Life of, of the, the party. party. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she's really taking a downturn, hasn't she? Except she's in this new movie that everyone's loving. And it's not the Muppet be... one, right? No. <laughs> oh, I can't do that one. Um, Not the Muppet one, but it's called Can You Ever Forgive Me, I think, where she plays a grouchy lesbian writer in New York. Hmm. But I don't know. NPR loves it. So So it's probably great. It's probably <laughs> probably a real snoozer. <laughs> oh, man. So I watched that one. And then I also watched the, uh, what's her name? Help me out here. Comedian. You're Amy gonna... Schumer. Okay. <laughs> Amy Schumer movie, I Feel Pretty. Yeah. Which got, like, terrible reviews. And everyone I knew hated it. I watched it and I was like, oh, this is actually kind of entertaining. It's not that it's not entertaining. It's that the underlying message is a little problematic. Mm-hmm. Society, if you're ugly, society doesn't think you should exist, but we're here to tell you. You should. You should still be a person person. (laughs) of value. It's like, wow, thanks. Anyway, it was entertaining, though. I'll give it that. Sure. Um, I, two nights ago, finished Parks and Rec. Congratulations. Oh, no, don't congratulate me. The feeling of despair when you finished a series. Yeah, I know. It's. There's nothing like it. The Mm -hmm. grief cycle you go through is awful. 
also, Stephen and I, our favorite shared activity is watching really, really bad movies. So last week we watched Junior, starring oh, no. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> who decides for science to carry a baby. Yeah. Which do- he, he doesn't have a uterus. He does not have a uterus. <laughs> Can you imagine the room when they proposed this movie idea? We talked about that. Uh-huh. They're like, picture no, a man. Stay with me. Pregnant. <laughs> okay, but it has to be like an absurd man. Yes, Arnold, Arnold. Schwarzenegger. Wait, wait, wait. How does, it, how does it work? How does he... It doesn't. Wait, how does, does no, the but science he does check get out? Pregnant. He, no, 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 the science is awful. They find like a... <laughs> A little space in his stomach where a baby could grow, which would mean, okay, guys, a fetus has to attach to something. Mm-hmm. So this fetus is like attaching to essential organs. He would be dead. He mm-hmm. would be dead two days into this pregnancy. But you're not a scientist. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and I'm sure they did immaculate research <laughs> for this movie. It just gets worse and worse. At one point, he shows up in drag at this... Uh, which these also don't exist. It's like a maternity spa where pregnant women go for the duration of their pregnancy. I was like, I what? did not know these places were real. Why am I not there? Yeah. Right now. Uh, and they, they just, none of them seem to notice that he's like a seven foot <laughs> man in a wig. It's bad. It's real bad, but like really entertaining. Oh, There's Arnie. monkeys in it. There are monkeys in There's it? There's monkeys in it. What the? Monkeys play like a central role in this movie. You know, I remember, I, I, do you know what year it came out? I was oh, I was pretty 94. young. Yeah, okay, I was 10. That sounds about right. I remember it came out and like my parents uh rented it from Blockbuster yeah. <laughs> and put it on. And I remember even at age 10 like watching this and being like, "Wow, mom and dad, you thought I should watch this?" Like it's just really disturbing. <laughs> it's yeah. It's unsettling, but at the same time it's got like that 90s nostalgia. Yeah. That's kind of comforting. Like, yeah. the soundtrack is like, oh, I'm home. You mean the Spin Doctors come on? And... No, no, it's not the Spin Doctors. It's like that one <laughs> single violin string until the rest of the jaunty melody Got picks it. up. Huh. And you're just like, oh, this is right. This feels right. This feels like I'm <laughs> nine again. So anyway, uh, and I also started last night. It's an Amazon series called Forever. Oh, starring Fred Armisen, right? Fred Armisen, yeah. Maya Rudolph. I'm kind of bored. Really? They're both playing kind of boring people, and that's not why I watch Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph. Right. Two of the funniest people we have. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting to see if they are allowed to do things with their comedic chops, because right now I'm like, this is just not doing it for Mm. me. Also, we're rounding the corner on Oscar season, which is very exciting. Mm -hmm. I think we can all agree that this is our Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, this week we all saw the first of what will probably be a few contenders for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. A Star is Born. Was it? Was a star born? Okay. Did you see that Neil deGrasse Tyson tweet that somebody... <laughs> I retweeted oh, I that. You retweeted that? Is that how I saw it? What Probably. did it say again? It made me laugh really hard. Uh, he storms out of A Star is Born. <laughs> that's like his thing, right? Like yeah. Every movie, like he got mad at the Titanic because like, the stars in the sky were wrong. I was like, okay, okay, we'll fix it. <laughs> he has to be consulted for every single movie now. Yeah, and like Interstellar, he's like, that wouldn't happen. I was like, no shiz. Like... <laughs> Okay, so A Star is Born is not an astronomy movie, though. No. Although I wish it had been. It would have been a lot more interesting. <laughs> okay, so we have some divisions. Yeah. Nick, what do you think of A Star is Born? All right, so I saw it last night. 
did not exactly live up to the hype for me, okay. but I thought it was a good movie. Okay. Really loved the first half. I loved the first hour. Got a little bit slow, kind of reaching a little bit in the second hour. There was I had some nitpicks, yeah. but I mean it, it's going to clean up come Oscar season, I think. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the Academy loves, first of all, an original screenplay. They yeah. love music movies. Yeah. Um, and then throw drugs in there and like addiction story. Right. That's like the whole recipe. Yeah, I loved it, and the more I think about it, the more I love it. Why did you love it? Yeah, um, I loved. I Lady Gaga's character is not a character I've seen in a movie before, and I I think what I loved most about it is how it demonstrated the difference it takes for a woman to become a star, a quote unquote star, versus a man to become a star. Where a man can be handed a guitar and be on stage, and that's all it takes. For a woman to become a star, it takes choreographed dancing, it takes slutty outfits, it takes a complete makeover, it takes huge billboards over L.A. And the way the movie showed the work that went into making her a star and the difference between what her actual talent was and what the talent she was showing the world was. That was a significant part of the movie for me and one I really liked. And how that played into her whole storyline of having low self-esteem. Um, and how she never really believed in herself and how she fell into this relationship because someone believed in her and then she found other people who believed in her, but she never quite believed in herself to be the musician that she should have been. She had low self-esteem? Yeah, the whole movie she talks about how nobody will give her a chance because of her nose. And her dad parades her out in front of her friends and says, look at her. It's too bad she's not better looking. It, that seemed more like a, a funny girl kind of plot line than a low self-esteem. It was sort of like, oh, yeah, I'm talented. The reality is that people haven't given me a chance because of this thing. And then they end up giving her a chance. But she goes to meet him at that concert, right? And she doesn't want to get on stage. Like, it's very clearly her opportunity. Well, who would? That was insane. She shows up at this concert that she, like, didn't even know she was going to attend. And then he, like, in the middle of the concert's like, come out here and sing a song that you've never sang before at, with me on stage in front of millions of people. Like, that's not a low self-esteem issue. I think the most confident person in the world would have been like, whoa, let's maybe but plan even, this a little even better. even in the way she performs it, uh, where she keeps covering her face. Uh, and sheepish and just very like, I don't know if I can do this. I liked that a lot. Uh, uh. I liked that there wasn't a lot of exposition in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that they trusted the audience to they pick didn't up have, what's happening. They didn't have time because there were like 19 music videos in it. Oh gosh, there were... This movie was if they took Walk the Line and made it boring. I thought Walk the Line was boring. I wow. thought this was much more interesting than Walk the Line because Walk the Line explains everything. And this is just like, <laughs> you know, yeah. it doesn't waste time. The pacing was very impressive. They had trimmed a lot of fat. You were trusted to understand what was happening without being explicitly told what the nature of their relationship was. You were shown not told. And I appreciate that. So I got a question. Lady Gaga punches this man in the face because he wants to take a picture with the celebrity guy with Bradley Cooper. Mm -hmm. But then, like, she never seems to have an anger problem after that. What was what was the point of that? Like, this guy comes up to him and is like, hey, I want to take a picture with you because my wife, 
is cheating on me with a guy that she thinks looks like you, but I don't think you actually look like the guy. And then Lady Gaga's like, <gasps> and punches him in the face. No, it made no she sense. said, okay, I'll take the picture for you. And then he started being kind of pushy. And she was like, just let me take the picture. And he kept being pushy. Mm. And then that's when she punched him. Mm, I don't know about that. No, 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 no that is what happened. That's <laughs> <laughs> just a fact. Also, <laughs> the whole ending was insane to me. Okay, if we're going to talk about okay. the ending, let's yeah, say yeah, whoa, right whoa, whoa, now whoa, whoa. we're going to talk about the ending. Yeah. People should know that there is, this is a podcast that's going to give spoilers. Like, if we're talking about this, a movie, we're going to If you are going to see A Star is Born and you have not seen it yet, stop listening yeah. right now. Right now. <laughs> stop listening a few minutes ago. Uh, so <laughs> the ending was insane to me. So the guy who... As far as we know, has never had exhibited any kind of depression or mental health issues apart from being an alcoholic. No, but he tells his counselor. He said he attempted suicide. Yeah, back when, yeah, yeah, back when he was young or whatever. But then things like start to kind of seem to be picking up for him. He starts going to AA and she's being good to him. And then her campaign manager says to him, you're holding her back. And he's like, I better commit suicide. And it's like, no, this is it was just a weird ending for me. OK, that, but. I, Sorry, Nick, Sorry, go ahead. I, I think it was closure for him. I first of all, I want more of Charlie the Labradoodle. Oh my gosh! Oh, Any uh, movie that was where a dog best. is waiting for its uh, dead owner, okay, was, I cannot, I cannot no. handle. I, it. I expected myself to get a little bit more choked up, but when he leaves a full steak for him, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah because like, he's not gonna have to clean up the shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that dog is the no, cutest that, dog. It is the it's cutest. It's actually dog. Bradley Cooper's dog. I yeah. know. I looked it up. Um, I spent an hour yeah. reading about Charlie Bradley <laughs> was, Cooper's dog. It was actually the ringer that wrote an article that was like, we're here for the Charlie the Labradoodle sequel. For, uh, the, for the entirety of my filming experience, I was texting Meg. and Because yes. I do that during movies, and I don't care. Don't at me. Uh, and I was just, like, complaining, like, this is boring. How long is this thing? But then as soon as that dog came on, she finally got a positive tweet from me. And Meg told me that it was his dog. And it made me respect. Bradley Cooper a little bit more. Oh, yeah. The, the question I have about his suicide, though. <laughs> okay. Was it the manager and what he said to him that, no. that drove him to do well, that? Well, I mean, that didn't help, but I think that for a long this is time, your tape. <laughs> he'd been self medicating with alcohol, with alcohol. And now that he was sober, he had to really confront these issues and he was not equipped to handle it. And he did look at his. What he had done to his wife, which was significant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was really mortifying, the, the way he acted. That was the best The best scene of the movie for me was the Grammys. Yeah. Scene. Yeah. Or was it AMA? What was it? The Grammys. The Grammys. The Grammys. Just completely devastating. She, she, she wins her award, her first ever, and she goes walking up on the stage, and he drunkenly, like, follows her, yeah. urinates himself. And, like, you... Uh, that I'll give Lady Gaga this. She acted that scene so really well. Well, yeah. I like felt mortified for her. Like I was like sinking in my seat and like, please make this stop. Please make this stop. And oh. And then what is really remarkable is how much she still loves him, and how clear it becomes that she's never going to give up on him. Mm -hmm. And I think he sees that and knows that the only way to get out of her life is to just end Off himself his life. Uh, for the record, none of us in this room think that that's the only way to solve your problems in any circumstance. <laughs> this is usually the time when you give like a hotline number. Right? Yeah, well, uh, it's easy like, to Google. He could have just like left her, you know, and 
and I think that's how the others, A Star is Born, play out mm -hmm. because there's been this story told three times on screen. Mm -hmm. I haven't actually seen any of them, but I don't think that any of them actually end in the male killing himself. Oh. I think this is the first one to do that. And it's devastating. And Charlie the dog waiting outside the garage mm -hmm. while you can see Bradley Cooper's silhouette destroyed me. Mm -hmm. The more I think about this movie, the more meaning it has for me. All right. I give it okay. a six out of ten. Hmm. I, I, I go a little bit higher. I'll give it a seven. I give uh, it an eight. You give it an eight? I wow. give it an eight. Oh. I think Lady Gaga blew it out of the water. You do? Bradley Cooper also did well, but why was he talking like that? He was kind yeah. of... It's like his, his tongue was filled up with uh, Novocaine. Yeah. Like, it's like he he couldn't... I don't understand what the... And the I thought concept. it was... But sorry. I, I... Sorry. I read a little bit about that, though, and I think a lot of it was because he wanted to sound like Sam Elliott because they played brothers in the movie, yeah. and he was kind of embodying his voice. Well, and they have that and, scene where, where Sam Elliott says, why'd you steal my voice? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think about that. Nice insight. Sam Elliott was also he was really good. Fantastic. And I think he's going to win Best Supporting Actor for what he did. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't think he got enough credit for for what he did in this movie. He, he was fantastic. He was good in Well, it. they don't ever give him stuff to do. They're just like, right. oh, man, your voice is funny. Be in our movie for a minute. Always. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he was he's a really good actor. Hmm. He really killed it. Should we talk about how sweaty Bradley Cooper is in oh, this movie? He was gross. And his <laughs> his sweatiness and his beard and his hair and his alcoholism stressed me out. All of it. I just wanted to hose him down yeah. constantly. <laughs> just like shampoo his hair, take him outside. Oh, every time she goes to kiss him, I'm like, no, right? honey, get out. <laughs> it looked get like out. he always got... It looked like he just finished like eating a rack of ribs. Ew. Just like always. <laughs> the meat sweats. Just like meat sweats. Yes. And just like nasty... But Bradley Cooper did have problems with alcoholism. Oh, did he? Yeah. So I think so he is sober now. So I think this is a little bit of an embodiment of a little bit of what he went through. Yeah. Um, and, it, and A Star is Born, the story just so happened to work out for, for, huh. what he, for what the movie he wanted to make. But they overdid it a little bit with the weathered face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> His, the, the alcoholism was, like, really distressing to watch. Like, every time he went to take a drink, I was like, you need to stop. You're poor liver. You need to stop. Because, like, there's a scene. The early on in the movie when he leaves his concert and he's been drinking at the concert, he gets yeah. in the car, he drinks an entire bottle of, I don't know if it's bourbon or, or vodka or what it is, drinks the entire thing in the car while he's being driven somewhere and then is like, can you pull over? Can you find a place? Can you get a bar? And then he goes into the drag, drag bar. bar. And yeah. I was just like, this is insane. Like, no human being should be able to drink that much alcohol in one night. I think they portrayed alcoholism really well because I felt stressed about it. Well, and I really appreciated the part where Lady Gaga visits him in rehab and says like are you coming home oh and he says why wouldn't i and she said well you were always yeah. drunk while you, we were together that was you i don't we... know if you actually like yeah me now that you're sober yeah that's heartbreaking mm -hmm. right yeah that was a good scene too oh, it was a really good interesting and the, actually the most profound scene to me in the whole movie is the one where she's in the bath and mm -hmm. he's he's upset Maybe because he doesn't like her music, but probably more likely because she's doing really well and his career is in decline. Mm -hmm. And uh, he calls her ugly, which yeah. is like her weak point, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the first time you see them blow up and things start deteriorating from then. Some really well-written scenes. For sure. Mm -hmm. 
Do you guys think this movie was in a, a bit of an attack on pop music? Yes. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, it, he he shows up at one of her rehearsals and she's like, oh, you haven't been drinking. Like, you look so good. And then he watches the SNL performance and sees this totally different version of her and then goes back to the gin. So it's kind of like you just tarnished everything that I I made you. Like I gave you this this opportunity, and now you're you're hmm. spoiling it on the music that I don't like. So and then that kind of leads to his downfall. Like he had a problem before, but it was a catalyst for. But everything do you think else he really coming. had a problem with her music, or did he have a problem with his own career falling apart? Was he jealous? Did I just not pay enough attention to this movie? No, was because you were texting me the okay. whole time. Was his career actually falling apart? Yeah, remember the Roy Orbison, is that how you say his Roy name? Roy Orbison, They were yeah. going to do the tribute to him, and Bradley Cooper was supposed to sing. Instead, they bring in this young guy. Oh. And that's when he gets completely hammered before the Grammys. Oh, I totally did not pay attention to that scene. Yeah, and so think, people are not responding to him the way they used to. Okay. Uh, they're responding to her, but he doesn't respect the way that she's getting fame, even though, like I said before, for women, that's often the only option is to put on a ton of makeup, wear a short skirt, and sing about tight jeans. But she was successful before that, though. That's what got her where she was. So she I don't... wasn't at the next echelon of success. She wasn't a superstar. To become a superstar, she had to do what her manager was telling her to do. Hmm. So, did Bradley Cooper make or destroy her career? Both. No, he didn't destroy her career. She ended up with a good career. If they had stayed together, would he have destroyed her career? I don't know. He probably... Think think about this, though. If that Grammys thing had happened in real life, that would not have destroyed the woman's career. That would have been talked about endlessly and put her on the map in a really extra way. If she stays with the guy forever it probably ends up hurting her in the long run but if she's with the tragic mess who's like causing all this attention that's quote-unquote negative and then she ends up like rising above it and getting out of it then she ends up probably with an even better career than she would have had otherwise but she wasn't rising above it remember she canceled her tour because he couldn't come yeah so she was willing to do anything to be with him Mm -hmm. even sacrifice her career yeah I think it poses some really interesting questions Mm -hmm. and questions that I keep thinking about. So for me, it was a win. All right. It was a good movie. I'm excited to see the other Oscar noms. Me too. What what else do we got? First Man. A Beautiful Boy. Uh, The Wife, which Meg has seen. Yeah, that's not going to win much. The Favorite is another Yorgos, what's his name, that did The Lobster? (laughs) The Emma Stone, Rachel Wise movie. I thought that was on Netflix. Is it not? I don't is think it, it is. It's an actual movie. I think it's okay. on the indie circuit right now, but okay. I'm really excited to see that one. Yeah. Did um, you see The Killing of the Sacred Deer? No. I don't think I can handle it. Oh, really? Yeah. It's supposed to be like the lobster on... Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um, I the, th- the lobster is one of the dumbest movies oh, I've I ever seen. Oh, I love the lobster. We can't, we can't talk to Eli. I know. Lobster. It's um, a family thing for you guys. <laughs> um, Jonah Hill's movie, mid-90s, I think is going to... Gonna make yeah, I've heard mixed too. reviews. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah. but I, I would be interesting to see it. All right. So, we'll be and Mary trying... Poppins Returns yes. is coming out. I know. And did you see that everyone is in it? 
Everyone yeah. is. Meryl Streep is in it. I know, but are they going to do the Suffragette song? Because that movie is nothing without well, the Suffragette not, song. It's not a remake. I know. So like. Oh, it's a sequel, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I still want her to say that men are rather stupid and that women deserve the vote. <laughs> That's the highlight of Mary Poppins. Well, by this point, they already have the vote in Mary Poppins world. Okay, fine. Maybe they'll have like an updated version. Anyway, uh, the next little while. It'll be about while... abortion. <laughs> 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 There's a whole song in this in Mary Poppins Returns about abortion. Here's hoping. Um, <laughs> we'll, uh, as Oscar season progresses, we'll get more and more into the nitty gritty of what we're seeing and why we like it and why we hate it. Uh, but... Before then, Halloween approaches. So next week, we will be talking our favorite horror Ooh. flicks films. Yeah. So. I made a ghost sound. Is you ghost sure horror? Did. Yeah. Do ghost movies count as horror? What is like horror? Uh, ghost. Just something scary? Yeah. Would Ghostbusters be paranormal a horror movie? Paranormal. I hope so, because that's my favorite <laughs> so horror <good>. movie. <laughs> Anyway, tune in next week. Uh, until then, remember to give us favorable ratings on your chosen podcast listening platform, and we will see you next week. Bye.